0: And I leave this part, I wear a bulletproof vest. That is how bad this has gotten. There are so many strange twists in that story. You would have to write books, volumes of the stuff that went wrong there. <laughs> Dear Fergalette, Tiger Crisis Podcast, every week we're going to put out a second, smaller episode that debates sort of a sub point in the, in the discussion. I find it interesting uh, that the same people who support having tigers support having guns does that make sense and maybe i can say it from the other side maybe it is the same types of people that support having guns support having tigers but i guess that doesn't that doesn't work all the way across um but first of all i think that the the people that that own guns that have tigers are are very aware of the fact that Um, they will eventually be using those guns, possibly on the tigers. And they say throughout the documentary and such and so forth that that there's no way that they would ever shoot their own tigers. Joe Exotic even says, I will shoot a human being. I'll shoot you before I shoot my cats. Uh, But then we see the first time he's like like toe-to-toe with a cat and it's dragging him. Uh, And that's the other thing. Cat behavior, cat-like instinct is to... Pile on, meaning uh, I've been in situations where uh, my dog, who's very passive, was like sort of like face to face with a cat. And then that cat wasn't ready to make a move. My dog was not going to make a move. And then four cats came out of the woodwork and just started the fight. And then all the cats piled on and sort of attacked my dog, which was a wild and, and terrifying thing to watch. But that's exactly what was happening to Joe Exotic when he's about to be. Like mauled to death by these tigers was one of the tigers decided to pull him across the the uh, the field or whatever the cage whatever you want to call the enclosure, and then each of the other tigers is kind of like, oh dude, we should probably all we should all fuck this dude up, and so that was going on throughout that that piece of time, and then Joe, pro gun pro tiger, shot his gun. Well, we don't know at the time, but uh, next to the tiger. To, to get you know to get him out of there, and then he sort of limps off with his uh, with his bride uh, broken and his and his foot a little bit mauled. But there is there's something there's something strange about people that own tigers thinking that it's uh, like a uh, like a don't ask don't tell kind of uh, law where it's like that's the big thing with gun people the Second Amendment people is that they're under the impression that registering your guns having to like declare these weapons is uh, is against your right to have them where that would solve some of the problems where, uh, like, if we knew who had tigers, then we would know how to stay safe in those situations. If we knew who had the guns, then we could backtrack on gun crime in a much better way. Uh, The other big thing is the Second Amendment really has nothing to do with what we think it has to do with the big argument with uh, with with having guns and it being a right and it being a Second Amendment right is the fact that we had just started a country so the big thing was we wanted to be able to be in a position where we could challenge authority with guns because the government would otherwise have all of the guns now We know that the U.S. military is the most powerful military on the planet, so there's no situation where private guns will ever challenge the military guns. So that's the main little piece, and I don't want to get any further with that because I'm not really saying whether I support having guns or not. I come from New York State where kind of having guns is just um, harder and and rarer. Um, But – I think something that's super interesting about all of this, this tiger crisis stuff and all these animal expert people is that, generally speaking, a lot of these like animal experts and diet experts, pretty much experts across the board, go unquestioned for a period of time. And the only time that we question these people in particular is when something weird happens or they die of the thing that they are the expert of, right? Remember the crocodile hunter? He, got, he was just like walking up to crocodiles, grabbing them by the tail and like mocking them and doing a whole show. Then he got harpooned in the chest by a manta ray. And we were like, yeah, man, it's probably not like the way to behave is to just go up to crocodiles. Grizzly man. I just watched last night was a guy who was supposedly a bear expert, and it doesn't take like a genius to watch that now, knowing what happened. He gets eaten by tigers. Spoiler alert! Uh, It doesn't take a genius to watch that and then go, "This guy is not an expert. Like he's literally like this is not how to behave around. You don't pretend that you're a bear around bears. That's not." the behavior that you need to be involved in. The bears are not fooled by that. Like no animal expert is pretending to be the animal that they're hanging around with. They might be using some of the information that they get from animal behavior to mimic that power dynamic, right? And that alpha uh, dominant submissive scenario because of animal behavior, right? Uh, When you have a dog, you want to do those things. You want to make sure that you are the pack leader for your dog. But you don't just pretend that you're a dog. You don't walk around on – all. you don't eat in a bowl next to your dog. You know what I mean? It's like that's not a logical way to handle the thing. So I just think it's really interesting that we think these people are experts for a long period of time, because we just have never seen anything like this, and then they get eaten, and we go, that guy's not an expert. Look at the Atkins guy. We were all, like, all about this guy. Then all of a sudden, this guy has, like, a massive coronary, and we're like, hold on a second. Let's let let's go backwards. Maybe this is not the way to eat. Everybody's just, like, one accident, one death away from being called completely into question. Like, I, I just have this, uh, uh, the, this eventual theory that the dog whisperer is going to get mauled and eaten by a Rottweiler, and we're just going to go, look uh, – Obviously, you can't just walk up to an 85-pound Rottweiler and poke him in the side and make a tss tss sound, and that's going to go good, right? So it's just this weird no-man's-land of information where if you just out-confident somebody and say it enough times that you're an expert, I think we just believe you. I mean, even look at what's going on right now politically. That's kind of where we're at, is you just have to say big things, repeat it a bunch of times, and then say, believe me, at the end, and then we kind of just will. So you got these characters. You got the Doc Antles, the, the, the Joe Exotics, the Carol Baskins, the Mario Tabros, and they're all just telling us that they are animal experts because they want to have tigers in their backyards. And I just don't I don't find that any of these people are qualified to own tigers. And kind of in the same way, I don't think a lot of us are qualified to own guns. And ultimately, I think it's not a um it's not a right of being an American. It's it's just not um and whether I can give, I'm pro animal guy. Like even whether I can give a tiger a better life than the San Diego Zoo or the uh, the the re- the reservations, uh, animal wildlife reservations in Bangladesh, whether I can give it a better life than that or not, is not really relevant to the fact that it just doesn't make sense. Uh, That I should have a tiger. It doesn't make sense in the the world where we're in a society and we want to coexist with other people. And that's sort of what we've all agreed on. Is that we all want to live places where other human beings can be. And we know pretty much that tigers will eat human beings if given the opportunity. Uh, Whether it be defensive or offensive or just out of boredom and hunger. Uh, like there was a guy in uh, in New York City who had that tiger in his apartment and uh, he just walked it around the neighborhood for a long time and then uh, years 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 later tigers 500 pounds and his mom who he lives with that's a great I don't even understand that resume living with your mom having a 500 pound tiger in an apartment in, in the Bronx his mom was his mom was tutoring children while this tiger was just in the bedroom so we got to really start looking at the fact that the people that want this this quote-unquote right uh, might not be coming from the same logical perspective as the rest of us. And again, that's what makes Tiger King as a documentary, that's what makes it fun, that's what makes it uh, interesting to watch. It makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves, I imagine. and it is weird. It's one. It's we finally reached a level of, of entertainment where there doesn't actually have to be a hero. We'll just fill in the blanks, and we'll make the 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 like the the least destructive person the good guy. And they really did a good job of painting uh, Carol to be a terrible person. Uh, because I think at the beginning of the documentary, you're watching this, you're like, "Oh, Joe is Joe is a maniac." We don't think that this guy has any redeeming qualities. And then we meet everybody else, and all of a sudden, we're like, "You know what?" He's not that bad, you know? He's all right. We should, we could vote for him for governor of a state that we don't care about. Um, but it is, it's an interesting thing. Uh, but it is, this, there is one common thread, and I just want you guys to to, uh, to process this information. Every person who's pro-tiger is also pro-gun. So whether you're pro-gun or anti-gun, however you lean just take that information in for a second and uh, and see what the commonalities are between you and maybe a Tiger person. That's all I'm saying.